Welcome to St. Mungo's Podcast for the Magically Deprived, where you can get your weekly Potter fix. We will be discussing the Harry Potter series chapter by chapter. If you've read the books previously or are just starting the series for the first time, we hope you enjoy this journey through Harry's adventures at Hogwarts and beyond. Please be aware that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may at times reference future events, people, or places. Also, there will be adult language and content. So if you have little ones listening, you may want to send them out of the room or listen at another time. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe. I'm Megan. I'm Serena. This week, we're discussing Chapter 20 of The Prisoner of Azkaban, The Dementor's Kiss. But before we get into the chapter, let's head over to Serena in the Slytherin common room for some quibbler controversy. Serena, what's up this week? Uh, so we kind of touched on this before, but I did some further research and delved into some more theories. So I was looking at this and I thought it was interesting. I know we had discussed how the Dementors affect Harry and kind of why. And we talked about how he has extra soul for them to feed on. But this article was talking about how he relives his parents' death as like a memory. But it was saying it's not actually his memory he's reliving. It's Voldemort's memory Ooh. from the piece of Voldemort's soul. because he was only 15 months old, he wouldn't really have it as a memory. He's not going to remember what happened. And it's also more traumatic because it was also traumatic for Voldemort because that's when his soul got ripped apart. He didn't die, but was mortally injured or however you want to describe what happened to him. I actually really, really like that. Mm -hmm. And it makes complete sense because even as the series goes on, Harry is always delving into Voldemort's mind. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I never even thought of it that way. I did think about it that way, and then I was like, "Uh, duh, of course it is. That makes so much sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just trying to play the scene out in my head to see if there's anything like definitive in the memory. Because, yeah, I always thought it was weird that Harry... Well, he doesn't actually see. He just remembers the voices, which I don't know about you, but I wouldn't remember anything from when I was 15 months old. No. My memory is like three years old, I think. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't even know if I remember that far. Like, very vague, like a flash of Literally, my earliest memory, and it's only this, I remember falling down the stairs. The stairs went, like, around. I remember that, and I fell down, and I was wearing, like, little construction boots, Mm -hmm. and I had a tea towel around my waist. Well, were you dubby or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, right? I don't know. That was was my (laughs) earliest memory, and I had to have been three years old, maybe a little bit younger, because we were still in Mississauga. Yeah, I don't know what my... Well, I have to remember a lot farther back than you guys, so... (laughs) I wouldn't know what my first memory was, but definitely not 15 months. Yeah, not 15 months. I feel like my first memory is... But it's not really a memory. I just remember, like, how the stairs looked, kind of, going upstairs, I think. Like, I have, like, a vague sense of being in the house, if that makes sense. But I don't really, like, have any memories of it. And you were, like, three? Three, yeah. Yeah. I also remember, I think it was on, mom said it was on moving day. I didn't remember that part. But I remember at the old house, jumping off the bed and landing on dad's glasses and a screw went down the vent. (laughs) It's funny the things that your brain chooses to remember. Yeah, I broke his Uh, glasses. (laughs) Especially his, he's blind. Yeah. No, I really like this theory because he hears Mm -hmm. James tell them to run and he hears Lily saying, not Harry. He remembers the flash of green light at some point yes. later on. No, I, I, you know what? We don't know if that's canon or not, right? 
No. Unconfirmed. Well, that's my headcanon now because I really like that because it always boggled me that him being so young would remember all of that. And I know... It makes too much sense for it not to be. Yeah, and I know, like, that is something traumatic, but still at that age, it would stick with you emotionally more than mentally. Like, you wouldn't... even Even if it affected you emotionally, you wouldn't remember... Yeah, not at that young. And then it also says, I don't know about this, but it says he kind of blacks out because one part of his soul is in agony and the other's not because Voldemort can't stand the act of love. So when he's like reliving it, it also affects like that part of his soul in a negative way, but also affects Harry in a negative way in a different way. Can't take it and just blacks out. Yeah, this is actually giving me goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. He's remembering Voldemort's memory, but him as Harry can't take it because he loves his parents and then Voldemort feels that love and is like, oh, no, I'm out. <laughs> oh, I can't take it. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> I love this. I really yeah. do. I think this is one of my favorites. I, besides the, the teachers gambling on Quidditch. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, yeah. This is one of my favorites. I really like that. Good one. And one I've never heard before. I know. I don't know. I was digging so deep because I'm running out of theories. And <laughs> I was like, where did this come from? This is I've so I've never accurate. heard it. Alrighty. Well, back to you, Joe, in the Gryffindor common room for our chapter. All right. Crookshanks leads everyone out of the Shrieking Shack. Ron and Lupin have Peter cuffed between them. Sirius is guiding Snape's unconscious body with Harry and Hermione following. So Sirius takes this time through the tunnel to talk to Harry because once they turn Peter in, Sirius will be free. And as he is Harry's godfather, Harry can go and live with him. Sirius mistakes Harry's shock for hesitance, but Harry is dumbfounded that his dream of leaving the Dursleys has finally come true. Sirius's demeanor completely changed when Harry says that he would love to live with him. His face lights up and he looks 10 years younger. And just imagine feeling like so guilty about two of your friends being murdered and feeling like it was your fault and then realizing that you'll get to take in their only child who happens to look exactly like your best friend. So as everyone exits the tunnel, Harry is in a daze at the prospect of finally leaving the Dursley's house and telling his aunt and uncle that he is going to live with the escaped convict they'd seen on TV. Lupin warns Peter not to make any wrong movements as they walk across the grounds. Suddenly, the clouds shift, and they were all bathed in moonlight. And as they realized that Lupin had not had his potion that evening, he began to transform into a werewolf. Now, I'm pretty sure that you don't have to be directly in the moonlight to transform to be a werewolf. So he only transforms when the clouds shift. Because even when he was in school, they took him into the Shrieking Shack so he could transform while he was in the Shrieking Shack. Now today, the clouds had to actually move out of the way to physically see the moon before he transformed. There was a window in the Shrieking Shack, no? The moon shone in just a little bit. (laughs) But a window was not enough. The clouds have to be gone and the moon has to be right there. I thought that was the strangest thing. I thought so, too. I thought it was like the time, like once the the sun sets and the moon comes out, like you just automatically shift. That's what is supposed to happen in my knowledge of werewolf lore. So on a cloudy day, you don't have to worry about it, apparently. You don't have to worry about it. That's so weird. And also, like, as someone who's, what, in his 30s? Yeah, I or so, so and has yeah. well, I guess he hasn't been taking his potion since he was a teenager, but he's been taking his potion every night for 
well, every month, I guess, for quite some time now. I just feel like of all the nights to forget. That brings up another question. Does he have to take it every day or is it just during the full moon? I think it's just during the full moon. And I mean, dude also forgot to clear the Marauder's map. Yeah, so yeah like not... his mind just went. Yeah, he was not there that day. <laughs> yeah, he's just too caught up in Harry Potter as everyone gets caught up in. I don't know. The worst possible timing to forget. And also, like, does it have to be fresh? Because Snape oh. has to make it for him every month. Like, you can't just make a bunch and keep it. I guess well, it has to be right from like, the cauldron. I feel like every night he makes it. Like, every time Lupin has to drink it, yeah, he makes it fresh. Because he actually says that he went to his office to bring him his potion and he wasn't there. Yeah, so, yeah. It's very inconvenient. Maybe you can keep the, like, the pot on a simmer, like, for the week. Mm-hmm. And then you just take it as needed. But it has to be, like, out of the cauldron. Like, you can't bottle some up and save it. It has to be fresh. But, like, is he just bringing him, like, the ladle full of it? (laughs) Is he allowed to put it in something? Yeah, I think he ladles it, like, into a cup and then takes Mm -hmm. it to him, like, fresh. But you can't just, like, like, store the cup. Yeah, Yeah, you can't store it. It's got to be fresh. You can't heat it up later. No. I'm assuming there's an ingredient that you probably have to put in last minute and it has to be drank, like, right away. That makes sense. Do we know what's in the potion that he makes? The wolfsbane potion? It's wolfsbane, yeah. I'm sure we can find the ingredients. I have a bottled one on my shelf, so I assume mine is useless. <laughs> yeah, you can't take that. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a potion book here. Because that's what I wonder if there's like a final fresh piece of ingredients that you have to put in. So what's in the wolfsbane potion? So 17 <laughs> wolfsbane leaves, juice of two mandrake leaves, Three drops of dragon blood, one powdered moonstone, two drops of syrup of hellebore, three myrtlap tentacles, the juice of seven sapophorus beans, and one alchemy egg. So I'm assuming, I have no knowledge of we are not if this is true here. or not. Yes, I'm not a potion master. I assume it's the... Oh, wait a minute. It actually has the instructions here. Add 17 leaves of the wolfsbane plant to the cauldron. Put in the juice of two mandrake leaves. Add three drops of dragon's blood. Control the precise temperature at the right time. Add one powdered moonstone. Stir thrice clockwise. Put in two drops of syrup of hellebore. Add three myrtlap tentacles. Maintain a medium temperature. Add the juice of seven sapophorus beans, one at a time. Reduce heat to low temperatures. Gently crush an alchemy egg and sprinkle it into the cauldron. Wave a wand. Stir six times anti-clockwise and wave a wand for the second time. So I would be wrong because I was going to say maybe the wolf's bane leaves had to be added last and they had to be fresh. It might be the temperature. It's useless if it's cold, maybe. It doesn't even say, like, serve immediately. What kind of recipe is that? The Wolfsbane potion was innovative and complex potion that relieved but did not cure the symptoms of lycanthropy or werewolfery. Wolfsbane, also referred to as aconite or monkshood, the way one must imbibe it was very unique among potions in that a goblet full of Wolfsbane must have been taken each day for a week preceding the full moon. Missing one dose alone during such a night was enough to invalidate all those that precede it. The potion is extremely difficult to make. 
The ingredients are also very expensive, which made it difficult for some werewolves to brew it themselves, as they usually lived in poverty due to the difficulty finding stable careers. Completed potion exuded blue smoke. It has a disgusting taste that is very difficult to get used to. Adding sugar to it was impossible as the substance would render it ineffective. The drinker had to take a goblet full of the potion once a day for a week prior to the upcoming full moon and missing one dose would render it ineffective. I think you can bottle it. I think they're just being inefficient. <laughs> it probably has to be served warm. You could still heat it up after the fact. After once it turns cold, it's just not good anymore. That's what I think, that if you let it turn cold, maybe one of the ingredients is ineffective. So we got off track. Okay, so Sirius tells them all to run, but Ron was tethered to Peter and Lupin. Sirius transformed into his dog form, and once Lupin was completely changed, he ripped free of his bindings, and Sirius jumps at him, dragging him by the neck away from the rest. Peter takes advantage of the situation. Picking up Lupin's dropped wand, he curses Ron and Crookshanks unconscious. Harry tries to disarm him, but too late, Peter transforms into a rat and scurries away. Werewolf Lupin takes off into the forest, and when Harry tells the dog Sirius that Peter escaped, he also takes off across the grounds. Harry and Hermione, being the only two conscious people left, check out Ron when they hear Sirius yelping in pain. The two of them take off towards the sound. As they get nearer, Harry felt a sudden cold but didn't register right away what it means. When they reached the lake, the yelping stopped. Sirius had turned back into human form and was crouched on all fours, pleading as a hundred dementors encircled them. Harry fought off the fog in his head and tells Hermione to think happy thoughts. I just thought it was hilarious that grown, powerful wizards can't produce a Patronus, but he thinks, think of something happy, is going to make her magically know how to produce one. It's funny how she, and well, I guess, I mean, that's the whole point of learning, but she has such a hard time with Patronuses. Yet in book five, she does them. And then I think in book seven, she has a hard time with it again, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I don't think it's her strong suit. It's Hermione. You would think she'd like have it down. You know what I mean? I mean, there's yeah. got to be something that she can't do. Yeah. Well, yeah. we know she, she's not good at flying. She's not good at chess. And she's not the best at Patronuses. Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't expect her to just immediately know how to do it. Yes, yeah, absolutely, because she's had no training. I mean, Harry had to train for months to learn how to do a Patronus. Yeah. Think of something happy. And he still couldn't even do it in like, right away. that moment, you know? Harry himself starts to think about going to live with Sirius and leaving the Dursleys. He tries to conjure a Patronus and fails. And apparently, Harry can only conjure a decent Patronus when a Quidditch match is on the line. Sirius collapses, and Harry asks Hermione to help him, but she just could not do it. Hermione collapses next to Harry, and try as he might, Harry could not produce a Patronus. A Dementor approaches him and lowers its hood, and Harry reaches for Sirius's arm. Now this, I thought, was really significant, because he's just found Sirius and learned that not only did Sirius not have his parents murdered, but he tried to avenge their murder. And Sirius is also his ticket to freedom from the Dursley's house. And he doesn't want to let that go. So I found that like him reaching out to hold on to Sirius, like he's holding on to that hope. The Dementor starts to perform the kiss on Harry when Harry notices a bright silver light. He suddenly fell face down 
when the dementor released him the cold began to recede and all the dementors left harry looks up and sees an animal shape as bright as a unicorn cantering away from them he sees someone familiar on the opposite shore welcoming the silver animal back harry was confused at what he was seeing and he tried to make sense of it before hitting the ground and fainting and that is the end of this chapter very short chapter extremely short do you guys have anything of interest to talk about no megan will head over to you in the hufflepuff common room for would you rather Today's would you rather question is, would you rather turn into a werewolf under every full moon, given that the clouds are parted, apparently, (laughs) uh, or have a group of hungry dementors surround you? I will turn into a werewolf. My reasoning is, I don't know, the whole thing with the dementors, I think to me would be worse than the pain of transforming into a werewolf. I'm pretty good with pain. I mean, I know it's probably excruciating. Yeah, I'll take the werewolf. I think I'd say werewolf as well. Me as well. I'm not confident that I would be able to produce a Patronus strong enough to protect myself, and I don't want my soul sucked out, so... Unanimous! I don't know if we ever had the discussion of what you think your Patronus or, I guess, Animagus form would be, because they're usually the same. Either or. Well, do you we think know you... Patronus, though. Okay, let's do Animagus. Let's pretend it's not the same as Patronus. Like, do you know or have an idea or a feeling of what would suit you as a... Didn't, didn't we get our Patronuses on Pottermore? Oh. That's what Megan just said. So let's not do Patronus. Let's do Animagus. If you were to be an Animagus, what do you think your form would be? taking out the fact that they're usually the same as your Patronus. I say my Patronus is a weasel, I'm pretty sure, so... I thought it was a badger. No, the Hufflepuff thing is a badger. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. So yours is a weasel. I'm pretty sure that my Patronus is a weasel. Now let's pretend you don't know that. What do you think your Animagus form would be? Serena, do you have any thoughts while Megan's thinking? Um, I don't know. Your Patronus is a snake, right? It's an adder? Yeah. See, mine is also a snake. Mine's a king cobra, but I don't know if I feel like that suits me. Like, I'll take it. I think it's like it's a cool Patronus. But I mm-hmm. think if I was an Animagus, as much as I'm scared of heights, I feel like I would be like some kind of bird. An owl? And I was going to say, gonna I say like you'd be an owl. I was going to say, I would be either an owl or a raven, I think. Yeah, yeah. those suit you. Like, I feel like I used to think it'd be a wolf. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe. Yeah, see, I would I like, like to say wolf. that I would be a wolf, but in all reality, I think I would be a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, at the same time, I feel like it'd be <laughs> some, something you. random. <laughs> yeah, that suits you. Good. So we got a wolf, me, like, some sort of bird. spider as, like, <laughs> just for punishment for something. What? Is, oh, you should be a basilisk, because aren't they, like, mortal enemies <laughs> with spiders? <laughs> I don't know if you can be a basilisk. <laughs> Could you imagine? I wonder if somebody has, like, on Pottermore, has a basilisk as, like, their Patronus. All right. Megan, if we could have our homework for next week, please. Our homework for next week is to read Chapter 21, Hermione's Secret. 
Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also, leaving us a rating and review would be very helpful. And maybe mention us to all of your Potter friends. That brings us to the end of this episode. Join us next week as we continue reading through the Harry Potter series. You can send any questions, comments, or concerns to Podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast. <laughs>